You are listening to the Calm Down Podcast, the podcast where candid, thought-provoking, and rare conversations happen while amplifying people's stories around the world. Here, we take it one day at a time and also rant on simple cuts people don't observe or are just oblivious to. I am your host, Viola Ekene. I am an on-air personality, podcaster, YouTuber, and content creator. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Calm Down Podcast. Cheers to you for clicking the play button to listen to this episode. I am super duper 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 excited to share with you the amazing person that shared his story on this podcast. So I don't know, first of all, I'm going to start with how I came across David. David is the amazing person that shared his story. So I don't know if you saw that viral video of a blind athlete running with a guide. He made like he went round on social media. I, the first time I saw that video, I was in awe. I was like, who is this guy? What motivates him? What inspires him? Like, who is he? I was like, oh my God. And I was going through a very hard phase in my life and seeing him, you know, doing what he knows best, seeing him running, it was just the biggest inspiration that I needed. And I was like, you know what? I want to know how this person thinks. I want to have a glimpse into his world. I want to know what motivates this person. And I know because I have built a podcast community of amazing people as well, especially you listen, I do not take it for granted, that love to, you know, tap into people's journeys, learn what motivates them. I just knew that David, you would love David on this episode. So I am super excited to introduce you to the amazing person that shared his story on this episode. And the person is David Brown. Drum rolls. <laughs> so David Brown is the fastest completely blind athlete in history. He's a Paralympic champion and world record holder. Can you imagine? I, I can't wait for you to listen to his story, to be honest. Before we hop right into his story, I wanted to talk to you also about another resource that I discovered, just like we do in every episode that is doing an amazingly well for me. So it's called Intelligent Change. So Intelligent Change is like a platform, right? That crafts tools and simple routines to positively change your life. So they have what we call five-minute journal. You might have heard of it somehow or something. It's a very popular journal. One thing I love about the journal is that it's not like your regular blank journal you get and you then you don't have to go through that phase of thinking of what to write. This journal has prompts in it that would help you to journal and not miss out details, especially if you're someone that journals a lot. So um, the five-minute journal, it has really good prompts. It has tons of good reviews. I'm going to leave their website in the description of this episode so you can go check it out yourself. I don't recommend trash, so just you know. And also they have productivity planner and sheets. I'm wanting about these productivity planners and sheets is that they help beat procrastination and get more done. So if you're someone that struggles with um, getting up from your bed and getting things actually done, you should check out their productivity planners and sheets. And it also helps you to prioritize and accomplish your most important task over urgent busy work. I recommend this especially if you are an entrepreneur and you have a lot going on and you know that you, you're not supposed to give attention to everything. You have to prioritize. You should really check out this productivity planner and you know, they also 
also have five minute journal for kids and so much more and in case you don't want to order the like the physical you know journal they also have like digital ones you can order you can use your ipad to you know journal and the rest of that so i'm going to leave a link to their platform in the description of this episode check them out and see if it's something that you'd love to try i really recommend you know i don't recommend nonsense so yeah cheers to sharing resources i find and use that work amazingly well so over to my conversation with david i hope you enjoy every part of it just as much as i did and i almost teared up at some point david doesn't know this because it was an audio only conversation but yeah i'll be right back after my conversation to chat a little bit more with you and we'll call it a wrap Hey, David. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you so much for saying yes to this. It means a lot to me and I do appreciate you. Of course. Thank you for reaching out. Yeah. So first of all, right, I wanted to tell you about an impact um, your content made on me. Um, I don't know if you know of your viral video. You were running with your guide. I saw that video at a very down point in my life and I kept staring because I was like, wow wow, this is amazing. You know, it was so encouraging and inspiring for me because at that point, I had a lot going through my head. I saved that video to always go back to it. It was so encouraging. So I wanted to thank you for doing what you're doing because sometimes when we're doing what we're doing, we don't have um, an idea on how much impact it is making, but it is making so much. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, thank you for telling me that and sharing that with me. You know, that's one reason why I do what I do honestly too you know it's to um, show others that you know you can do anything you know if you put your mind to it and you know you can get through those dark times in life at the same time doesn't matter what life may throw your way yeah okay um first of all right I wanted to know at what age did you um you know get blind were you born blind what happened that led to the blindness do you mind sharing that with us yeah so at the age of 15 months old I came down with Kawasaki's disease which gave me glaucoma Uh, When I was three years old, I had a surgery for my left eye, which um, shrunk my eye into its eye socket. So through age of three years old, I just had nothing but a hole in my eye. And I didn't get my first prosthetic shell until I was nine. When I was six years old, my vision started decreasing in my right eye. And it did that for about seven years. And it left me with limited sight. So I only had light perception and light shapes, shadows, and colors. So um, the decrease from age of six all the way to, you know, 13, you know, that was a very hard time for me. But my vision stabilized when I was around 13 and it probably gotten a little bit worse since then. Um, but uh, that's pretty much where my vision is now still to this day is I can only see light colors, shapes and shadows. But when I run, I can't see anything because I run blindfolded. Yeah. Okay. So have you always wanted to be an athlete, right? Or was it like in you found passion after the, um, you started losing your sight? Yeah, I've always been an athlete. Uh, I always wanted to do something in athletics. Back when I had sight in my one eye, I wanted to be a basketball player. And growing up watching uh, wrestling, WWE, I actually wanted to be a WWE superstar. So I always wanted to do something in sport. Um, track wasn't on my radar. I didn't know that track was something that a blind person was going to be able to do. 
I didn't know how I was going to you know, make this happen. And, you know, just like anybody who doesn't really understand, you know, how we run or how blind people are to run and stuff like that, you know, I asked the same question in the sense of, you know, could I do any sport? Would track even be a sport that was offered for, you know, me to do? Would I be able to do it? You know, I don't know. Because, of course, I couldn't see myself figuratively and literally, you know, doing no track because I didn't see where I was going. Yeah. So uh, what motivated you to, you know, go for your dreams regardless? Because you said you also asked yourself the questions of, oh, how is it possible for me to achieve these things? You know, being blind, what motivated you to go yeah. for that? Yeah. So um, 11 years old, I moved to the Missouri School for the Blind in St. Louis, Missouri, and I got exposed to sport there in a new way. So I got exposed to wrestling, uh, goalball, that is another Paralympic sport and track was one of the sports so I pretty much discovered that blind people could run and do track and do different events we just had to do it differently so making the adaptation I was introduced to that then uh 2008 Beijing Games I was able to witness that live after being selected uh, for a competition they were taking 25 emerging athletes I was one of the 25s that was selected I then realized okay track can be done on a higher level than what I was doing in high school, you know, and the adaptation that was done there, I was like, you know what, this is something that I can do and possibly something that I, you know, can go far and let me see if we can make that happen. And so I started pushing towards my goal and trying to become a Paralympic, you know, track athlete for 2012. I wanted to be a Paralympian. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Amazing. So I wanted to also ask, right, Jeremy is your guide, Jeremy Avery, right? Jerome. Oh, okay. Jerome. Uh -huh. Okay. He's your guide, right? Uh, Yeah. Me and Jerome, we ran together for a uh, seven years uh, and sadly Jerome and I were not uh, running together anymore I'm running with a new guy coming into Tokyo uh, there is potential though if Jerome continues to want to guide for us to run again in the future but uh, right now I'm actually going to be competing alongside another guide come the up and coming games okay so do you mind giving us like a walkthrough of how you train with your guide the reason I am asking is I know that there are people that would listen that um have people that maybe they are in one way or the other feel that maybe they they are blind mm -hmm. they are losing their sight and mm -hmm. they have the same dream like you so it seems almost so impossible I for one know someone so can you walk us through your relationship or how you train with your guide because this is like a whole new world for someone in your shoes yeah. you understand so it's like yeah, an opportunity yeah. for them to see what's possible so what's mm -hmm. training your guide like do you mind walking us through yeah so there's a lot of factors that goes into training with a guide and even finding a guide that is capable of being a guide. You know, you have to take into consideration the condition of the guide runner. You also have to take into consideration their speed, you know, how much faster they are, you know, uh, well, guide run effectively at 70% of their max. So you have to take those kind of things into consideration as well as, you know, the feel between each other, you know, how you're running in sync with each other. Um, 
And uh, are they adapting to your needs as far as the athlete goes? You know, the guide has to adapt to the athlete. By the athlete, you know, that is the blind individual. So you have to take those kind of things into consideration when you're, you know, choosing a guide and you're about to get ready to run with your guide. When you do start tethering up with your guide, you know, there's different ways in order to tether up with your guide in the sense of, is it just a luxury run? Are you just going to go out and run for some distance, you know, or are you actually going to try to train? and compete if you're trying to train and compete like we are you know there's a certain way you have to be tethered you have to be tethered together by your hands and there's a certain tether that we use at the same time if you don't have access to the tether that you have to have for a competition you know you can manufacture one yourself you know i used to run with just a simple shoestring and um Honestly, uh, what comes after that is then just uh, getting in as much running with your guide as possible in order to get synchronized up. And then, of course, doing workouts together, you know, interval workout and um, things of that sort. Your guide will have to do individual runs as well, you know, making sure that they're still fast enough and conditioned well enough in order to guide the athlete effectively. And when I say the athlete, of course, I'm referring to the blind individual. So there's a lot of things that have has to go into consideration the guide has to be you know one faster two in better condition if not to, well in the same condition if not better condition than the um athlete in order to do their job real effectively and be able to make those adaptations wow that's that's the whole lot i really really do appreciate you for sharing um i i'd, I'd love to know also right there are people who has who have been your support system from day one who have been encouraging you telling you you can actually do this do you mind sharing what are your support systems like if yeah you, yeah so of course you have people that are encouraging you but then on the other spectrum you do have people that are uh downing you in the sense of you know doubting your abilities telling you that you can and stuff like that and honestly to me i utilize both of those as support systems whether it be negative support or positive support they're all fueling me to go forward you know so of course the different support systems that i had throughout the years it's been just different coaches on um, my mother you know my grandfather my grandmother you know my sister my all my family honestly you know they've always been a huge support system for me and then of course my coach and teammates and stuff like that so i have support systems all around and like i said it doesn't matter if they're speaking negativity to me or if they're actually speaking you know like good positive words to me i'm just using it all as fuel and i'm like you know what i'm just going to keep going forward if it's negativity that you're trying to spat at me you know just keep telling me that i can't do it you know that's just going to motivate me to go forward and if you're telling me that i can't do it thank you for you know encouraging me and just helping me move forward because you know i'm also using that as fuel as well wow thank you for sharing that the reason i asked that question is sometimes when we're trying to push ourselves out of the comfort zone and we are getting a lot of negative energy there's a point where we get to we have different different people have different adaptive mechanisms to that negative energy some mm -hmm. people push it to the back of their mind do you understand some people like you said use it as a well to move forward some mm -hmm. people attack the criticism so it's so good to know that how you are channeling the negative criticism is actually like a flow if they say you can't do it then that's a very huge challenge that means that for them to ever think you can't do it that means that actually you can do it it's worth giving a try so i really mm -hmm. really do appreciate that it just made me see a fresh um perspective to handling um criticisms thank you so so much for that mm -hmm, of course yeah okay so what would you say to someone listening right now that is probably 
um, not blind or any type of, you know, physical challenge that probably they were not born that way and they had dreams and then all of a sudden something happened that changed the course of their life, quote unquote. What would you say Mm -hmm. to someone listening right now that feels like they can't pursue those dreams anymore because the world is unfair to people like Mm -hmm. them? Honestly, I would just say, you know, trust the process. You know, there's sometimes doors closed, sometimes doors open, you know, but no matter which way the wind blows, you know, the key is to trust the process and um, continue to go forward, you know, whatever direction it may send you, you know, the unknown is what a lot of people are afraid of. You know, I never saw myself in this position, honestly, that I am in as far as like doing track, you know, it was just something I, I used to hate track. Honestly, I used to want to do wrestling and I used to uh, want to do go ball as far as like my professional sports go. I saw my life going in a whole different other direction, but the door opened up for me to be able to do this and, you know, doors closed for me to do other things. And of course, you know, I see that everything was for a purpose where I didn't understand certain things before, you know, of course, moving forward and continuing to go on the path that, you know, I am on now, still trusting in the process, the journey all the way through. I see, okay, it was all designed for a specific reason in order to get me to where I am now. In track, you know, we all train for the competition, but the journey behind it, you know, the training behind it is what we have to, you know, go through in order to get to that specific competition. You know, I'm about to get ready to train in Tokyo, but the grind, you know, the journey in order to get here, a lot of people don't get and doesn't understand. And a lot of people don't want to, you know, take on that, you know, grit and that grind, that training that's going to take in order to be on the top of the podium. And it's the same way in life. You know, we want to have to continue to go forward and push through those things, you know, when it gets tough. And then, of course, trust the process when it gets hard and it seems like, okay, it ain't going our way, that we're just going to have to continue to go forward and find a way to adapt and continue to grow. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, second to the last question I have, right? Is there any big events or anything you're currently training or working towards? Do you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, like I keep on mentioning, I'm training towards Tokyo right now. And uh, mm. we will be competing in less than a month now, actually. And uh, I'm training, of course, towards the future of... Uh, know future world championships so of course world championships will be in 2022 2023 and then the para games in 2024 and then i'm planning on also uh going to los angeles in 2028 so competing all the way through uh that games and then of course we'll see what happens from there but yeah i'm definitely planning on staying active all the way up until 2028 um 2024 definitely in track and field uh we'll see if i continue on in track and field after 2024 games or if i switch to another sport because there is a number of different sports uh that has been a opened up, I guess you could say to me and, uh, are, and that are also available as well, you know, to blind athletes such as myself. So we'll see if I can get in some of those or if I will continue to be competitive in track and see where I go. Yeah. Good luck. Wish you so much good luck with all of Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, one question just popped into my mind. Um, do you face uh, mental exhaustion sometimes? Because I, I feel as an athlete who is always on the run, you're always training at the times where you go through mental 
mental exhaustion? And if yes, how do you handle times like that? That is a great question because, um, yeah, I do go through mental exhaustion. And a lot of the times it's not even due to training. It's stuff that I have going on off the track, honestly, is just due to life. Because, of course, you know, training will tire you out and mm-hmm. sitting on training will tire you out. But then, of course, we we are still humans at the same time. So we deal with life at, you know, on top of that, you know, I have a wedding I'm preparing for that's coming up next month. So thinking about that and then I'm very active within my church as well. And um putting together different courses and stuff for some less like things I'm going to be teaching uh, within the realm of the church. I'm in seminary. So I got schoolwork I'm thinking about, you know, we got stuff we got to think about as far as like getting the car fixed, what I'm going to eat for dinner and all this. Like there's decisions we're making on a daily, but what I do in order to like, I guess, deload from a lot of that stuff, you know, I like to personally uh, um, play a, uh, phone games you know i am a gamer i like playing computer games and phone games and um i'll just get out in nature a lot of the time and uh go on walks you know that's a cool way to just unwind uh me and my fiance we go walking at the zoo a lot of the times and that's one good place to actually just unwind and just get some fresh air see some animals you know and let your mind just go free and stuff like that. Uh, we uh, will go and it's been a minute since we did any of this. Uh, we'll go into some of the amusement parks and stuff like that. So, of course, I just like doing some, you know, fun stuff like that. Adrenaline junkie. That's me, you know, and that just helps my mind, you know, relax and unwind and stuff like that. Um, just watch some fun videos as far as like drumming and stuff like all uh, along those lines. Cause I play music too. So playing the piano, the drums, uh, just finding like different things in order to help, I guess you could say, get away from some of the, the chaos of life, you know, um, biggest thing of course is always sleep you know that's always a good thing a lot of people avoid sleep i run to sleep so naps you know if i can't do any of those things that i just mentioned um but sometimes it gets to the point where you just get so exhausted you know and you just can't push any further because physically you're drained and that takes a toll on your mental just laying down take a nap you know so yeah that's what i do a lot too is no napping and then yeah just like i said just those kind of things those fun things i mean because lately um i've been doing a lot of i've been doing a lot of interviews coming up you know into the games so that's been taking a lot of mental you know capacity and all that stuff so i've been really diving into all these things that i've been mentioning in order to you know just unwind some and then just take a toll off the training and just prepare honestly going into Tokyo because we are leaving pretty soon so wow okay um have you ever dealt with the victim mentality I'll explain what I mean by that Mm -hmm. So I've had conversations with people that have gone through some things that, you know, shifted the course of their life, quote unquote. And there is this stage where you feel like a victim, where you feel like, oh, every you feel different. I don't know if you get what I mean. Like you feel like you don't deserve this. So it's always like a blockage. 
to you seeing the better version of yourself because you are very confident. I love that about you, but I know it was like a journey to get to that part where you accepted mm-hmm. everything, you know, and decided to embrace and love yourself and, you know, know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So did you mm-hmm. ever go through that phase where you felt, oh, I don't deserve this? Um, You know, you felt like a victim in all of this. How do you get to the point where you are right now, where you are confident and outspoken and fearless? I know there are times or there are situations where you feel, you know, afraid, but then there's a greater part of you that knows that you can do all things. So how did you get to that point? Well, one thing is I do have a deep foundational um, faith in uh, Christ Jesus, you know, so that's where all my faith and my hope, my strength, it comes from that. But not only that, uh, one thing um, that helped me get through a lot of my down points is, you know, I work my butt off, you know, and uh, gain knowledge about a lot of things that I didn't know. So the more knowledge that I gained, you know, the less afraid I became almost in the sense. So I didn't really understand my sport as far as like track and field goes, you know, how fast people can go, how fast I want to go, you know. So I started studying a lot of the great track athletes, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, getting knowledge about that and then, okay, training regiments, different things of that sort. And I just started studying, you know, and um, of course, like I mentioned, studying, praying and just continuing to uh, honestly throw myself into those things that I was afraid of, you know, depending on like if it was low self-esteem, I started digging. I started asking myself those questions of like, okay, so why am I feeling this way? And I started just pulling out those, you know, deep rooted things that were inside of me. Like, okay, if I felt like I wasn't worthy of, you know, love or I wasn't worthy of something that, you know, um, you know, I worked my buns off for, you know, like, or I, I 100% did deserve, you know, why was I feeling that way? Why did I feel like I wasn't worthy of that? You know, what is the root cause of all that? And I just, and I just really just dove into that and asked myself those tough questions and not only that uh, I asked myself those tough questions, I embraced it, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is what's going on with me. This is what I'm dealing with. And uh, the thing is, can I just let it go? Or am I just going to hold on to it? I embraced it. I acknowledged it. And that's something that a lot of people don't do. You know, they'll see, okay, I'm afraid of something. And then of course, like you mentioned earlier, they'll push it to the back of their mind, you know, or they'll dig it deep down and stuff. And they'll use a lot of that stuff as negativity. Me, like I mentioned earlier, I use a lot of these things, even with the negativity that's within me, I I use it as fuel. You know, I'm like, okay, I see that I'm afraid of something. What is this fear? Why is it here? And I use that as fuel to figure out the root cause of it. And then when I figure out the root of it, it gets uprooted and, um, you know, I let it go and from there you know that's that's when the healing begins you know that's when the where the growth come from wow thank you for sharing that um the last question right is there any question you wish i had asked you you know a question you'd like to be asked more often um honestly i wish a lot of people will ask um about my story and um thank you for having me on here and allowing me to share and you know um speak to you because uh me a lot of my career has always been tethered to a guide and i've always been having to share my story attached to uh 
a guide runner. So it was always my story plus somebody else's story. And it wasn't even the full story. But um, I wish that some people will just, you know, listen to just my story in the sense of everything that I've gone through, not saying that a guide runner doesn't deserve their story to be told. Sometimes, you know, I feel the athlete gets overshadowed. And this is just any athlete, honestly, that is tethered up with a guide. You know, sometimes the athlete themselves, they get overshined by the guide runner because, of course, everybody does like they see blindness. That's one thing. You know, so they'll look at the guide runner and what they're doing, and they will look at that as a heroic act, like, oh, yeah, thank you for what you're doing, because, you know, you're helping out this blind individual. But at the end of the day, this is the blind person's story. This is their story, you know, and then, of course, the guide runner goes on to get a lot of the glory and praise for what they're doing. But the athlete gets kind of like the background to that in the sense of just like, oh, yeah, well, it's about the athlete. Granted, yeah but the guide runner is getting the focus. No, it's all about the athlete, you know, and I wish that more people will not just ask me, but shine more on blind athletes, you know, like they need to, they need to be seen, you know, just because we can't see, don't look at us and not see us. You know, we are an individual person. We're not just a unit. You know, we're running with guide runners because we have to, not because we want to. You know what I'm saying? We we want to be athletes just like everyone else. And we, we have to run with guides in order to be able to do what we have to do, you know, and a lot of people doesn't understand that. So going forward, as far as like Paralympic sport, as well as guide running and athletes and stuff goes, you know, the whole guide running and athlete um, vocabulary, I feel it just needs to be revamped because, you know, somewhere down the line, you know, the focus I feel shifted from the athlete being the focus to guide runner centered. And now like I've mentioned, you know, I'm not saying that the guide shouldn't get the shine, but it should be the athlete first that gets the shine and shown like, hey, this is an individual athlete. And if you believe and trust in this person's story, this individual, this athlete's story, you know, if they decide to bring their guide runner into the story, that's on them because that's their choice. This is their story. You know, this is their journey. This is the Paralympics, you know, and this is how, you know, this is how it goes. You know what I'm saying? That's how it is. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. I really, really do understand actually, because not like, like you said earlier, not like you're not trying to give credit to the guide, but sometimes we humans tend to shift the narrative of a story from the person that owns the story. And it can sometimes be damaging because only people that are there are not just people. And the reason I asked a lot of questions on especially the victim part is a lot of people see like, you know, blindness and a lot of other, you know, physically challenges like that person being weak. So that was why I said that the first time that I saw that video, I was so inspired because I saw someone that was fearless and was going after his dreams and I really really do appreciate you and here's to hoping more that like you said earlier people don't attach the athlete's story always to the guide the athlete has every right to bring the guide into the story or not to bring the guide into the story like you mentioned so yeah thank you so much for pointing that out no and thank you for reaching out you know of course what you said you know that's what drove me to actually want to do this podcast as well you know uh we're actually seeing me for who I am as an individual athlete, not as a unit, you know, so thank you for being one of those few that 
actually sees, you know, me for who I am and that's as an athlete, not just as a team. Yeah, thank you so, so much for agreeing to do this. It's such an honor having you and seeing someone that encouraged me online. I don't know you. I've never met you, but we now know each other. <laughs> you know, seeing someone and then reaching out to you and you saying yes to this, it means the world to me. It's very encouraging. And I know it's going to encourage so many people that are listening and will listen to this episode together. Thank you so, so much, David. Of course. Thank you again. I wanted to say so much about all the, you know, all the things I learned from my conversation with David, which you just listened right now. But I really don't know how to articulate my thoughts. But one major thing that keeps ringing in my head is what he said, that he uses his negative criticisms as a fuel, you know, to persevere and to keep pushing. And that was just what really hit home to me. And another thing that hit home to me is the danger of shifting the focus of someone's story on another person. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that I am a huge advocate of allowing people to tell their stories themselves. Do not shift the narrative. Do not shift the focus. Everybody has a story and they have every right to control the narrative of the story. And um, I am so happy, you know, just like David said, that it was about him and he shared his story. I am so, so happy about that. Like, thank you, David, once again. And you listening right now, I know that you picked so much you know i'd love to hear your thoughts really i'd love to hear what you know you learned from this episode anything you'd love to add or any you know anything at all please drop me a voice message as usual in the description box of every episode there is a link to drop a voice message your voice message will be featured in a subsequent episode of the podcast so i'd love to hear your thoughts as well and please if you enjoyed this episode that podcast platform or app you're using to listen to me right now please give us good ratings like share this episode you loved it right? That's why you're still listening to me. It's because you loved it. You you picked so much that you it would take you a whole week to unpack all you learned. Please share this episode. People need to listen. People need to hear more stories like this. People need to know that they can actually do anything they put their mind to. You know, it sounds cliche. We've had it so many times, but it's actually very true. And David is an evidence of that, you know. And if you'd love to support this podcast for expansion and for production of new episodes, you can do that via Anchor. Any amount is welcome. You can do that via Anchor or via Shukran, which is a platform that has been created for you to support your favorite content creators to encourage them in their content creation journey. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to this point. You're amazing. Um, Take some time to ponder on everything you've learned in this episode. I totally understand. I'm also still pondering on them. So yeah, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Stay blessed and of course, choose to be happy regardless.